Support for INS Podcasts comes from BD, helping all people live healthy lives. Visit them at www.bd.com. Good afternoon. Um, this is Jenny Strutman, the Director of Nursing from the Infusion Nurses Society, and I'm here at our annual meeting in Florida. And with me, I have Amy Clark, who's one of our speakers. Um, her topic is Best Practices for Filter Use in Infusion Therapy. So thanks, Amy, for joining us. So before we get started, could you just tell us a little bit about your background? Sure. Um, I've been in infusion for, um, well, since 1994, home infusion space. And I moved into the specialty infusion space in 2006. Um, I'm actually, um, in addition to my role as diplomats, um, policy developer, and site educator, I'm the president of IGNS, the Immunoglobulin National Society. And I've been very, very involved in the immunoglobulin space for over a decade, um, which is obviously something that we filtered quite a bit sure. when it was the, the powdered-based uh, products. So um, I'm very, very uh, passionate about patient safety and the utilization of the appropriate supplies um, to make sure that that happens. Right, wonderful. Well, with that background, you're probably a great choice to talk to our members about um, about this topic. So um, I guess when we think about, you know, the best practices for filter use, you know, um, what is the purpose of a filter? Like, what, what does it prevent? And, you know, why would a nurse even really want to understand, like, who cares about a filter? Like, why is it important to me? Well, if you look at it from a soup-to-nuts perspective, um, even the nurse anesthetist um, using ampules needs to filter, um, you know, the potential sure. for glass fragments using uh, filter needles or filter straws. Um, you can have air um, in the tubing, or you can have products that gas out, so you need air elimination capabilities. Um, some uh, gram-negative bacteria um, produce endotoxins, which are toxins that come out as the bacteria dissolves, and they can actually create some of the symptoms that you see in some of these infections. Um, so we're looking to uh, reduce air, um, reduce contaminants, reduce solid particles, um, and um, in some instances we're sterilizing if we're doing compounding or manufacturing. Wow, that's fascinating. I just, you know, you don't realize, like, the importance of filters and uh, in prevention of infection, and, and you mentioned endotoxins, you know, um, that's just incredible. So, it, you know, it's more than just a filter for, say, you know, we hear about particulate matter and air, but it has so much more. Um, so when we think about that, um, you know, what, what therapies, you know, would be indicated for a filter and which would not? Obviously, I think the best known therapies, of course, uh, parenteral nutrition requires mm -hmm. a 1.2 micron filter um, with lipids or a 0.2 or 0.22 micron without lipids. Um, so that's incredibly important. You would never want to administer total parenteral nutrition sure. without a filter. Um, as far as blood transfusions are concerned, most products now are leukocyte poor, so you don't mm -hmm. have to use a special white blood cell removal filter, but you do want to um, utilize a general blood filter that removes aggregate um, and you know, some solid particles, um, any plastics or things in the containers that the blood was stored in. Um, so it's still very important to know, you know your, your, your needs sure. for that. Um, there are some complexities around things like amphotericin, um, ambosome, apelset, amphotericin B. Some are filtered um, during the mixing phase and the administration phase. Some are just filtered when you're mixing. Some are filtered when you're administering because it's already a liquid product. So you really need to look at your package insert. You need to consult your, your pharmacist mm -hmm. as um, a collegial partner to make sure you understand the products that you're giving. 
Um, there are a handful, of course, of chemotherapy agents that need to be um, filtered. That includes danarubicin, atopicide, vincristine, several that you need to look at. Wow. So it sounds like, you know, for nurses, our, our you know, we have a, a, such an important role in, in understanding um, the medications that we're administering, understanding, you know, um, how medications are mixed and administered so that we, you know, have the appropriate uh, resources and references to make sure we're doing what we can do for good patient outcomes. Um, so definitely your topic is very, very timely. So um, I just have, you know, a couple other questions. So um, I'm thinking about, um, you know, what would be some of the best practices to promote um, patient, positive patient outcomes when it comes to the, you know, the use of filters? Well, if you've been in nursing uh, for a really long time, you know that we used filters um, very, very consistently, um, probably in the 80s and 90s, for sure. And I think, um, you know, as we had more and more infusion therapies available to us and there were more variables in terms of what you filtered and what you didn't, um, facilities got away from consistent filtration, um, mainly because it increased their supply formulary needs, um, it increased their cost, it increased the nurse patient time um, because filters would clog and, and, and gum up. Sure. Um, and you don't see many things filtered anymore. It's, it's actually quite remarkable, um, you know, unless it's a, an intensive care situation mm-hmm. or there's a really kind of um, overt uh, sign or, or in sure. directive to filter, you're not seeing it. Um, but if you look at the standards of practice for the INS mm-hmm. group, um, we recommend that you filter everything if, unless there's a contraindication or it requires a different sure. sized filter with a 0.2 or 0.22 mm-hmm. micron filter. Um, and you also need to make sure that the filter it has been primed correctly. Some have different priming um, responsibilities. Some you need to invert less now, which is nice. Mm-hmm. But... Um, we all remember kind of sure. standing on yep. our head trying to get the air filters primed <laughs> yeah. and um, you know, making sure that you know, you know the specifics about the filters that right. you're using. Um, many filters, are um, their use is conditional upon the uh, pounds per square inch or the PSI. You can actually fracture the filter, and many of them, their housing is designed to um, give before the filter itself gives so that you don't bolus the patient with particulate matter and bacterial and solid particles and air. Well, that's, you know, you just, you know, if you can visualize, I know, we, you know, we're, we're sitting here uh, chatting, and, and but if you just kind of visualize a, a filter in a tubing or is it even as an, an add-on, such a small filter can cause such big problems, you know? Yeah. Um, so in closing, is there anything else you'd like to share with um, our members regarding um, the use of filters or any words of wisdom? I just think it, it as nurses, um, it's really important for us to know the products that we're administering um, and to be able to take that time to learn about the product or find the resource that can tell you about the administration of that product. And a pharmacist is a great um, partner in that. Um, and of course, package inserts are wonderful. Um, you know, they're my Bibles, yeah. um, particularly in IVIG and sub-QIG. You really need to know. So. You know, many people um, don't realize that not all IVIG needs to be filtered anymore in the grand scheme of things. Mm-hmm. You could potentially do a 0.22, but then you have protein molecules that could gum those filters up. So unless it's lyophilized, we're not filtering anymore. Right. Um, but know the purpose of the filter. Know the product that you're administering. Know the limitations of that filter that you're using. 
and make sure that you know if something has already been pre-filtered, for instance, with a, a filter needle and an, uh, using an ampule, that you wouldn't then re-filter it in administration because then you run the risk of losing active drug during the process of administration. Yeah, so it sounds like, you know, from a takeaway message, um, you know, for nurses is, again, you know, we have uh, multiple resources out there with our pharmacists, our nurse colleagues, package inserts, and um, just taking it upon ourselves as nurses that um, if, you're, if you're not sure, ask the question, you know, always check so we make sure we do the best for our patients. Correct. Right. So, um, so again, Amy, I really appreciate you taking time out of our annual meeting to uh, share your uh, passion, if you will, for the use of filters. And this is Ginny Strutman. I'm here at the INS annual meeting. I'm signing off. Thanks, Thank you everyone. So much for having Thanks, me. Thanks, Amy.